no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. I'm not saying that I think that Alexi should have died. Good, but I am good. saying that there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't have happened yes. if he had died. If Or even if a big bird had picked him up. Who knows? <laughs> it happens. All right. Obviously, we are on to Rasputin part four. And to Henry's point, the only reason Rasputin was ever around was because this kid was sick. But, you know, he's they're trying to save a life. Yeah. And that's important. It's very the important. The entire Russian Empire is hanging by a thread. Yes. And every single time they're like, oh man, everyone hates Rasputin. We should get rid of him. They're going to fucking come up here. They're going to kill all of us. And then they have to look over at Alexei and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and they ha- it all yes. starts again. <laughs> I just bought myself six more months of being Rasputin. <laughs> all right. It's never good if your, king can- if your kid can't play ping pong, but that's a whole other story. All right. It- who cares? That's a whole other story. <laughs> now, I've got one correction Uh-oh. right up top. We are always honest with the audience. Always. The very first thing I said about World War One was wrong. Huh. No kidding, huh? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I meant to say a bunch of kids assassinated Franz Ferdinand in Serbia. Mm-hmm. And so that Instead, I said a bunch of kids assassinated Franz Ferdinand of Serbia. Uh, Literally, sh- Marcus sent me a text at 2 o'clock in the morning being like, I said this mistake and I cannot sleep. <laughs> I, 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 I was just like, it's okay, Marcus. It's We're very, not history teacher. It's extremely small. And I say wherever you die, that's where you're of. That's not extremely small. That, Franz Ferdinand was actually an Austro-Hungarian archduke. And the Austro-Hungarians were allies of the Germans, while Serbia was an ally of Russia. Hence, the conflict between the two. If Ferdinand was of Serbia, mm. none of this would have happened. Your entire mm. mistake contains four letters. <laughs> so it is a small mistake by, by you definition. You can see that, though. Yeah. Four letters can change a lot of shit. Uh, uh, instead of uh, someone says, hey, you want to come over and help the maids, mm. right? Or someone come over and help. I've got, don't worry don't worry about coming over. You don't need to help. I have maids. And instead, maids is also say, not four don't letters. worry, come over. <laughs> do you, I, like, I, I, you could come over and help. But you don't worry about it because I got AIDS. Those are different <laughs> afternoons. Yeah, those totally did not work. Absolutely it sort of worked. fail. I, I think that should stay in. Yeah, I think that yeah, it has to stay, stay in. in. It has to stay in. Uh, but again, remember, if you really want to know a good, the the, the the best breakdown of World War One, any one of us have ever heard, which was the blueprint for Armageddon for, from uh, Hardcore History, he mm-hmm. really goes into, because we had to simplify a bunch of shit last episode because it's true i mean and it w- we will say that again he said world war one essentially was inevitable was inevitable and then it was r- ran by a bunch of idiots and everybody fucked everything up there yeah. it is a lot of gas oh yeah. gas yep and as we know the world would have been a much better place had russia kept their nose out of it completely mm. as we said at the end of the last episode the war had been going terribly in the first year mm. And one thing I'm not sure we really hit home hard was that Nicholas was actually very religious, but it seems like his religion only went in so far as to how it applied to him being czar and the place of the czars in Russian life. Are you telling me he was hypocritical? <laughs> Are you telling me someone who was religious is also a bit of a hypocrite? I just don't really, oh, it's so weird. You mean it only worked towards his benefit and only <laughs> seek to like validate his position that was handed to him randomly that he had no business having and he did very poorly? No, I 
would love to go to brunch with you guys, but I got to go to Joel Olstein's mega church this Sunday and yeah. give him a thousand bucks. God chose me to go get eggs Benedict that cost seventy five dollars. Nicholas believed that God flowed through him personally to the Russian people like a sort of Pope King. And this belief would have disastrous consequences for Nicholas, his family, and the rest of the world. Nicholas said as he was praying one night, a mysterious voice told him that the only way to lead the Russian people through the hell that World War I had become Uh was to fire his head commander and lead the Russian army himself. What you gotta do here is, what you gotta do (laughs) is you gotta, what is the deal with having this head commander do it yourself there? Are you doing a Rodney Dangerfield, Jerry Seinfeld type thing? Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. I yeah. gotta say that that is a it's so aggravating to me when people are like God flows through me and mm-hmm. I'm like you're a cashier at Piggly Wiggly like God is not flowing through you those are thoughts that you have and quite frankly you're bigoted yes piss throws flows through you oh, that yeah. is the one thing that does that's true. No, Untold Story says that Rasputin and Alexander supported the idea of Nicholas taking over the army from the very beginning, mm. even suggesting that it was their idea. Oh. But in truth, letters suggest that nobody, not even Rasputin and Alexandra, thought that this was a good idea. Okay. It's possible that the confusion comes from the fact that once Nicholas made the decision, Rasputin and Alexandra supported it wholeheartedly, but not a single person in Russia thought Nikki had the chops to pull it off. So well, Alexandra kept calling him a pussy, essentially. She kept saying that he was being weak, because both of them and Rasputin were saying, like, we got to be stronger. If you want to be czar, you have to really, like, rule over Russia with an iron fist. Right. And then he was like, oh, yeah, that'll do it, yeah. I'll be in charge of the army and the government. And everyone's like, ha, <laughs> I don't know about all about all that. And then but once he decided to firmly do it, they his echo chamber was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great, boss, yeah. Well you gotta show support here. This is the biggest or massive army for this guy to have to take control over. It's the biggest Difficult. army in, it's the biggest army in the entire world. Difficult. Yeah, but it's beast. also seventy five percent beggars and cart people. People that sell like yams Ooh. next to the crack. They go down and they're like, Oji Borshi, and they're like, you are now tank commander. And he's just like, I have yams, I have yams. And so the the Russian army was huge, and also because of that, because they were just all these constricted pe- peasant people that were forced to join the army, and then Nicholas just, I mean, he was just such a fucking moron. I mean, can it be just be said enough yeah. that he's very stupid? All right, farmers are strong, though. You mess with a <laughs> farmer, they will break your hand. Dave, there was this guy named Dave when I was growing up, and I learned the hard way. When the farmers punch for fun, mm-hmm. they mean it for pain. <laughs> they don't know how to play fight. The farmers are, they're used to punching cows. Why are they punching the cows? I don't actually know. I always thought that was mean. Well, cow, I mean, cow punching, that is something. They just punch cows. <laughs> they, farmers punch cows a lot. Yeah. No, one good point, Fearman makes in Untold Story is that this idea about Nicholas leading the army might have worked out at least a little bit better back home had Nicholas appointed someone with true government experience to make decisions in his place. Because after all, if Nicholas was in charge of the largest army on earth and the largest conflict in the history of the world, Mm -hmm. he wasn't even going to be in St. Petersburg, much less able to make day-to-day decisions. Hmm. But instead of appointing someone who knew what they were doing, Nicholas appointed someone he could trust. 
his wife, Alexandra. Oh. Not good. Not smart. <laughs> well, a little nepotism there. She's a fucking moron. She's, <laughs> she's so stupid. She hangs out all day with all of these fat-faced idiots in her coterie, and she's just like, yes, yes, bread is good. We should have bread. And I'm like, what? But yeah, there are people that are starving here. We should get them bread. She's like, no, I mean for me. I get a little olive oil and oregano like the Olive Garden. Because when know. you go, your family there. I don't understand the act out with the words. You said she was stupid, and then she just said something super smart. And then also, she was emulating... Uh, an Olive Garden dinner, which is, again, brilliant. <laughs> and Nicholas would have the final say in everything, but the government ministers would still report to Alexandra. And who should be Alexandra's closest advisor hmm. but Rasputin? Oh. oh, man, he did it again. He did, he did it, it again. again. <laughs> Just listen to this. This is amazing. Just a little over a decade after arriving in Kazan as a filthy, wandering nobody, Rasputin found himself as arguably one of the most powerful people People in the world. Yeah, wow. a filthy, a filthy wandering cool guy. <laughs> nice. Because now he's got to, because you remember also this time, this is really where he always wanted to be. He is, he hangs out with the Tsarina all day. He loves hanging out with the chicks. He's got his little coterie of chicks around. I mean, absolutely everything's in total dis, just devastation. And the, the Russian people are about to literally murder as many aristocrats as they can get fucking hold of. Rasputin's sitting pretty. Dipping his dick in and out of whatever he can dip, and then just fucking just living the life and giving favors to people, having people into his house and being like, yes, 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 I talk to minister for you, and because he just loves the flim flam, yeah, right? and he gets he the flim flam all day. He is the living definition of the deal with it meme. I can almost see the <laughs> we've glasses been about this. float in we've front been of his about this face. Since episode one, <laughs> deal with it, deal father. with it. Bec- because uh, and then he uh, the thing is too is that his aim always is to talk with people that love Rasputin mm-hmm. and guess who loves Rasputin five people <laughs> and on those five people every one of them are fucking the worst criminals junkies in all of Russia that are also filled with money because of aristocracy. Well, there you go. <laughs> Rich friends. Oh, yeah. But being one of the most powerful people in the world did not stop Rasputin from also being one of the drunkest people in the world. Yes. <laughs> Boris Yeltsin, yes. Gorbachev. The Russians have a long history of drunk leaders. <laughs> Rasputin drank so much that his security detail had to come up with an elaborate classification system for his intoxication levels. I think we're going to go with shit fuck wasted. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's me at the seven, bro. I, mean, I could drink so much that all of a sudden it's like my clothes are on backwards. And I've been walking around normal all day and all of a sudden my jacket's on backwards. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I crisscross? This is fun. Uh, these were the drunk classifications. Okay. Slightly inebriated. Okay. Inebriated. Uh-huh. Fairly drunk. Uh-oh. Drunk. Uh-huh. Very drunk. Completely drunk. Dead drunk. And finally... Totally overcome with drink. Oh, I think you missed the one confident enough to drive. <laughs> confident <laughs> That's enough. the other one. Wow. So all well, of those uh, are drunk. All those are drunk. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the terror scale used to be with the colors, but it's all just deeper shades of brown. Yes. <laughs> Eight classifications of drunk. So what... Wow, I would I would love to see each of those acted out to see if we could separate which one is which. Yes, I mean, I feel like it's just him tipped forward to all the way tipped back. Yeah. Like it's just uh, It was estimated that on just an average day, Rasputin drank at least 12 bottles of wine. Wow. 
And here's where we have to dispel another myth, one that we ourselves help to perpetuate. Okay. Despite what the quick Google search says, mm. Rasputin was not the Ben-sized 6'4 man we had previously thought. I'm 6'7". I'm mad. <laughs> All right. He's closer to, he was closer to you. Right, yeah, That's what we originally thought, yeah. that he was like your size. Right. But according to both Untold Story and Dan Carlin, oh. Rasputin was actually a lot closer to Henry at 5'9". <laughs> really? All right. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, that's quite kind to Henry, I must say, because Henry is 5'5". <laughs> but five, I'll five, also but. say that uh, Dan Carlin is also biased because he's like 4'7". <laughs> I think Dan Carlin's very small, so I think he's biased and he's making everything smaller for himself. So feel it fits on his scale. Wow. No, Rasputin was like right halfway in between me and Henry. But, Isn't that something? But that makes yeah. his drinking all that more impressive. It really does. He drinks on par almost with Andre the Giant. We learned that HBO doc. Mm-hmm. Andre would go through four or five bottles just at dinner along with like 75 beers. But Rasputin could probably hang with the guy. I think he could. So at what point do you exit the party with <laughs> with Rasputin? Because I'm sure like the first couple of bottles got to mm-hmm. be a good time. And then at some point you have to realize that you're in over your head. You got to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on what level you're at. You go to his parties in the first place where he's throwing his rocking parties, which is true. But the problem is at some point he would go to, and I'm going to use the word gypsy because that's what they use in, on all these books. They'd go to gypsy bars. That was always the end of the night. Someone got him addicted to gypsy bars and he'd go and it would just be him spinning. <laughs> just spinning and grabbing, grabbing at them because it's different because they're all covered in jewels and stuff and so he'd be playing with the jewels and they're like thank you Rasputin eh, dinner. and he's just like eh, good one fucker Marcus I gotta ask you did they cover that in Anastasia <laughs> did they get to that part in that Disney or that uh, animated classic they actually didn't really get into okay. the uh, the general life of Rasputin it kind of, with Rasputin the story kind of began at the end but they did give him the penis spear yeah. <laughs> right they gave him a big green dildo okay. that contained all of his power but okay. they didn't get talk about like his drinking buddies but they did give him a cute little bat named Bartok that's great <laughs> it is cute Bartok it, it makes all the Bartok's sense in the world really too you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Also murdered in the revolution uh, in 1917. <laughs> That's sad. Well, Rasputin drank a ton, but the man who did Rasputin's autopsy said that Rasputin, <clears throat> even with his drinking and internal injuries, mm-hmm. probably would have lived to see his 80s, meaning it's just possible. And this gives you an idea of how, you know, near into the past this actually was. Right. It's just possible that Rasputin could have survived long enough to watch Elvis on Ed Sullivan. Wow. And he would have. And he would have. <laughs> or at least he would have heard someone describe Elvis to him while he was in Siberia. They would someone yeah. describe what happened. That's crazy. The man, he made earthquake in pants. <laughs> I've never seen. He had these blue soft shoes like two cats. And he shimmered back and forth and the women screamed as if they, they were afraid. Oh, my God. Of course, there were no one was afraid of Elvis. <laughs> no, no way. No, I'm no, watching no. him on HBO right now. There's a great doc on Elvis. Check it you out. You know who's afraid of Elvis? Who? Goulet. Goulet? Goulet. Who the heck is Goulet? Uh, Robert, Robert Goulet? Goulet? The actor? Yeah. Why was he afraid of Elvis? Robert he's not Al- an actor. He's a singer. Well, he was also an actor in Naked Gun 2 yes, and a half. That's yeah, how that's I know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they actually had a, like, a long-standing feud, and every time Elvis would see Robert Goulet on the TV, he'd pull out his gun and shoot the TV. We might, co- yeah. we might cover that on side stories. That might be something that we can get into there. That might be in our wheelhouse. Oh, no, we've got an Elvis episode yeah? in the future okay, here on Last right, Podcast, right. so don't worry about that. 
Now, another thing that's a little more complicated than we might realize okay. is Rasputin's sex life, at least in the later years. It's quite possible that Rasputin was, at times, impotent. Yeah, Mo- he was real impotent <laughs> to the Russian government. <laughs> you, are you proud yeah. of yourself? You feel, yeah. you feel yeah. like you had to interrupt a- Marcus for that. I'm clinging to whatever makes me smile. Every day is a struggle just to get up out of bed. It is. So it's one of those. Multiple ladies of the night, including one named Peach, who was interviewed in the 70s, Wow. said Rasputin never hired them for sex. She said Rasputin would hire them just so he could stare at them while they were naked, groping them at the very most. Some say Rasputin was doing this to test himself to see if he could resist the devil within. And a lot of times, those same people claim that Rasputin would walk down the streets, waving his arms and slapping himself, all yep. in an attempt to drive the devil from his body. He's like completely a, understand. He is like, <laughs> completely understand. I've done the same thing. He is like a character out of Faulty Towers, <laughs> hanging out with everyone for Mario Kart. What is happening? I don't even. I, this man is basically second in command. <laughs> he is Rodney Dangerfield. He is new money that has shown Ugh. up from the fucking podunks who doesn't know what else to do. He's just, it's all his dreams came true. It's crazy. And that's what happens to somebody when all your dreams come true. Sometimes you get fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. No, while Rasputin definitely did walk down the street slapping himself and waving his arms, he probably wasn't fighting off the devil. He was probably just very, very drunk. Uh, Think about how creepy this is, though. You get paid by Rasputin. You already know that Rasputin's the fucking, the evil dark monk that controls. He has hypnotic powers over the Tsar and Tsarina. He hires you. He's he's hammered. He's walking the street going, Oh, go, 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 Slapping himself in the face. You go into a hotel room. He's like, let go of your clothes. She takes off all her clothes, and he just sits there going, <laughs> no, no, Rasputin, no, no, not today. No, no, no. Not on Wacky Wednesday. Wacky Wednesdays, no, never do that. No. Well, that's a horrific situation. That sounds like Joe Cocker after a concert. That is horrible. <laughs> but then you just have to put your clothes back on and leave? And like, that, thanks for the money. And he says, like, no, thank you for the money. What? Uh, you know, it's like a thing when someone says, have a nice flight. And you say, yeah, you do. You know, Brian Regan, he's great. Great, funny comedian. Have a nice life. And Rasputin had other trashy tendencies as well. On one trip back home to Petrovskaya, uh, Rasputin got into a drunken fist fight with his dad. That's fine. <laughs> that, that, that is <laughs> rushed. That, out of all the things we've talked about on this show with Rasputin, that's the most normal thing he's done so far. He's getting into a drunken it. fist fight with his dad? Arkansas Saturday. <laughs> Alabama Monday. It is Yes, that's totally normal. And he did this after his dad called him, quote, an ignorant old fool who only knew how to fondle Donya's soft parts. His father was right. <laughs> well, because the whole time they had a very rough relationship, him and his father. Yeah. Him and his father would get into several public fights, like full on wrestling in the public square. This is not just, this happened like several times. And it was because Ephraim saw right through Rasputin. The whole time he's like, you're just a drunken dude who'll say whatever the fuck it is that needs yeah. to be said to get on to the next level. And Rasputin's like, yeah. <laughs> you mean they fucking winner? And he yeah. got really mad about that. And he, he could never stand Rasputin the way Rasputin would brag, the way the Rasputin would come and give everybody gifts and everyone would show. Like, he, he took over the whole town. They sold the whole, their little town became a fucking hot spot 
of of activity and they of of weird aristocrats coming in and out now sure. fucking assassins and secret police. It's like Johnny Cash and his father. Very harsh, very, very hard relationship, and they didn't get along, and Johnny said, Dad, I made it. I'm number one on the charts, and that's how Johnny would talk, and he says, you're still a drunk loser to me, and take it from me, I'm a drunk loser too. I know what I, I know when I see one. So Rasputin, that fight with his father, his dad got a black eye, uh. Rasputin hurt his hip, which gave him a permanent limp, and the two never spoke again. Oh, But despite all this... Alexandra still thought that Rasputin had hung the moon. Like, Rasputin could just do no wrong. Wow. Yep. She would send Nicholas Rasputin artifacts as almost holy relics while he was commanding his army out in the field. And and they also came, like, these artifacts came with, like, instructions on how to use them. Uh Like, she sent him Rasputin's greasy comb, telling Nicholas to pull it through his hair before making any big decisions. This guy is fighting a hellacious war. Everything is a nightmare. He opens up a box, and it's just a dumpy old comb. Covered in peasant grease. And it's just like, because the last person to do that since was Rick James. But that really was worth money. Yes. (laughs) Yes, She'd even send Nicholas, who is... By the way, one of the most powerful people in the world. She would send him crusts from Rasputin's leftover bread. She called these little crusts Rasputin rusks. And great, she, great brander. <laughs> she could sell yes, yeah, anything. And, yes, and she told Nicholas to eat these for the safety and victory of the Russian people. And that's where croutons were invented. <laughs> it's very uh, the the this not having an explanation to the the people of Russia was really bad because everybody knew and it all leaked. All of this stuff leaked because her coterie would hear these little secrets and tell everybody and Alexander would always get so mad that uh, that her secrets between her and her husband would get revealed. But it's because every single person that was involved directly with them that wasn't a total criminal was trying to get Rasputin the fuck out of there, including the secret police that were reading all their mail. Rasputin was wasted. I'm sure Rasputin was telling everybody all of this stuff himself too. Yeah. Oh, hammered. yes. Yeah, and he, was ham- and he was even going further than that. Like, he was uh, creating his own myth. Like, he would never come right out and say, like, I'm fucking the Empress. Right. But he would hint towards it constantly. And, you know, shit, obviously, was getting really out of hand back in St. Petersburg. Uh, and by the way, at this point, St. Petersburg had changed its name to Petrograd Ooh. to sound less German and more Slavic. Cool. That's always a good thing to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, honestly, but that's very that's very common because you remember when the, the one thing we didn't cover that I always wanted to uh, forgot that when Rasputin first got to St. Petersburg, the first thing he asked Nicholas to do is that he, he could change his name to Rasputin. New, like new Rasputin, like new Coke. And he was like, yeah, okay. Can I be, uh, what, if, what if I'm like crystal clear Rasputin? Could that work? Uh, I'm, I would call you crystal clear Rasputin, but uh, you're pretty fucked up right now. You're obviously, you're visibly intoxicated. Uh, you are not clear. Well, the end of Rasputin began when Rasputin started to get involved in domestic affairs. Uh. There began a time of what one government official called, quote, ministerial leapfrogging. <laughs> yeah, now we call that when senators fuck each other in the bathroom of the several d- d- gay bars of Washington, yeah. D.C. <laughs> ministerial leapfrogging. Huh? Uh-huh. Okay. Ministers were being dismissed left and right. And each time a minister was replaced, it seemed like the only thing that mattered about the new guy was how he felt about Rasputin. Oh. 
For example, the prime minister was replaced with a guy named Boris Stulmer, who was notorious for picking the least likely spot in a room where someone would catch him napping during important meetings. He is technically just the Russian equivalent of Garfield. (laughs) But he was in charge of everything. (laughs) And this guy was appointed by Nicholas at the urging of Alexandra, who wrote in a litter pleading the case that Sturmer, quote, very much values Gregory, which is a great thing. Okay. Oh, my God. It's just so stupid, and everybody's watching it unfold. Mm -hmm. They're watching all these people get shuffled around, and it's all of just the... Uh, it's just all the worst of the worst are gaining these p- positions of power. Yep. But I do think it's a mistake to believe that Rasputin orchestrated all of this. It seems like Alexandra and Rasputin were essentially working in a feedback loop. Okay. Alexandra would give an opinion to Rasputin, and Rasputin would parrot it back to her, or vice versa, and then they would congratulate themselves on how smart they were. Hey, all right. And then Alexandra would go to Nicholas with the idea while telling him how smart and capable he was, which would fuel Nicholas's ideas about him being a great and powerful czar powered by God, and he would approve the appointment. I like that. Yes, and this is how we got the Neil Young Electronica album. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, not his best. <laughs> but what I at one point that I read that I thought that was interesting, again, remember this. It's like we're covering as much information as we can and stay a comedy show. But if you could read the book Rasputin, Faith, Power, and the Twilight of the Romanovs, it's fucking great. It's very, very interesting, and there's so many fun characters in it. But one thing that they kind of spell out about Rasputin's ideas, too, is that they didn't even seem necessarily that evil. He no. was like like Russia forward. He was against World War One. He was... Like trying to fix the food problems. That was his big his big thing was saying that the people of Russia were starving. We need to figure out how to like get food to our soldiers and everything. Like he had these ideas, but mainly they just sounded like they were naive. It just sounded like a dude that um probably had no business speaking about military or domestic policy whatsoever that somehow got to be uh, a, an important aid to a czar that now is too busy to run shit mm. and his wife, who also just think it's cute. To run an empire because she's a fucking moron. Inexperienced people in power. <laughs> yeah, right. Interesting. Huh. I also can't Weird. stop thinking of Neil Young playing a piano on like the movie. Like, remember Tom Hanks in Big when he played that big piano? <laughs> that and would then, be oh, cute. That was so fun. Imagine and you Neil can imagine Young just his being, frown. Like, so pissed off, he has to move. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's so frowny the whole time, just being stepping on the big keys, being like, oh, "I thought that this would be more badass, but I'm trying to do it about the the, the American people." There is nothing greater than anger. Old folk singers. Oh. I love them. Now, the longer this ministerial leapfrogging went on, the lower the quality of the appointments became. Hmm. One guy who was appointed to a high spot in the church opened up an ancient monastery to these wild parties where he would encourage guests to drunkenly terrorize the monks. Which sounds fun. God, it sounds it's like so fun. <laughs> it, he literally sounds like Jeremy Piven from PCU. Is that what happened? Go to but it's true. This is the this is a part of where I could see the infantile what, what we currently have going on. I can see the sort of like the idea of it would be fun to watch everything be in chaos. Yeah. Like and see watching politicians pull their hair out and be like, Duh! 
Rasputin. <laughs> but this is what happens when it's a reality. When uh, when Rasputin really is in charge and it's just frat house hazing. Mm-hmm. It's just these guys spanking monks and shit and pouring vodka all over these. Like, they would go to all the fancy <laughs> altars and shit, just pour vodka all over and be like, yeah, 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 we fucking yeah. got that. It's fucking total chaos. If it was the perfect world and no, and we just weren't a violent uh, creatures, this was fun. Yeah. This is kind of fun. Yeah, if this didn't yeah. have like very real right. consequences that, you know, still touch our lives to this day. Sure, sure. It'd be super fun. Right. And then Rasputin got a friend of his named Alexander Protopopov mm. appointed to Protopopov. be- Protopopov. 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 <laughs> Protopopov. Protopopov. That's, what, that's how we're playing it. We're okay. playing it Protopopov. <laughs> Protopopov. <laughs> he got appointed to be Minister of the Interior, which is pretty similar to being appointed head of the Department of Justice. Rasputin had met Protopopov in a clinic where he was recovering from uh, that stab wound from the woman with no nose. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, how you doing, man? What you in for, bro? My fucking guts got sawed up, but still, man, I still fuck. I still get crazy, man. So fucking slow me down. What are you in for, man? Uh, Proto wasn't in there for a wound. Oh. Proto- yeah, what, the, what happened to you, bro? What's up? What, what's going on with you, man? I got my, my dancing shoes on. I'm ready to fucking go, bro. He was recovering from a nervous breakdown because of advanced syphilis. You know, oh, you got syphilis, dude. You go fucking insane. You should be prime fucking minister, dude. <laughs> That's great. So he's basically the head of the DOJ for the Russians. Well, it wasn't even just that. To make matters worse, <laughs> while Proto was in the clinic, the doctor got him hooked on what was then called arousing powders. What yep. is that? In other words, Rasputin managed to get a syphilitic cokehead appointed as the highest ranking law enforcement officer in all of Russia. Yeah, that's fine. You know, at least he had the energy. At least he had the get up and go. But they said that his um, syphilis was so advanced that he had become completely insane. Um, Protopopov would walk around yelling at himself and answering himself in interviews on the street after he'd already gotten the job of being, uh, and he got the job, and then he's wandering around being like, you are the king of butterflies. (laughs) Yes, I am. Thank you very much. God, you're a handsome man. Do you want to make love to me? Every single day of our lives together, just him alone. Yeah, that's one of the strange times where you have to be like, well, with any luck, he's just a Scientologist. (laughs) Not absolutely crazy. To give you an idea of how much turnover there was, in the span of about 18 months, Russia had four different prime ministers, mm. five ministers of the interior, because the syphilitic cokehead did not last long. He didn't. No. Because uh, uh-uh. he would cry. He would spontaneously just start crying and, and having these, like, fucking fits. And Rasputin's been like, good guy, right? I met him when my guts were all fucking carved up when I met that bitch with no nose. That fucking bitch. Oh, man. Uh, and Russia also had four ministers of agriculture, mm. which was pretty goddamn important in a time when the entire country was starving to death. What kind of country would you think it is, Henry? Agrary. <laughs> That's what I heard. Leftus. Decembris. Octobris. The Lenin is in there. And um, I saw another thing. There was, oh, man, there was another term. Mikhail. There's a lot of Mikhails. There's so many names. Lots of names. <laughs> and everyone from top to bottom blamed Rasputin for 
all of this. Rightfully so, in a lot of ways. No, actually, actually I don't actually, think so. No. You don't think so? No, 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 no. no. Like, he really wasn't involved in that much. There was a lot they going had to the the loyalty oath was to him. Not in every case. Like it was, mm. it was in some cases, but not in every single case was a loyalty oath to. To just to him. He was a powerful guy, though. He was a very this powerful is, guy, but it wasn't yes. only his fault. A lot of it was. A lot of it was because uh, Nicholas left an in, oh, inex, yeah, well, an inexperienced person in charge. Yeah. You know what it seems like too. I I there was that thing I was thinking about. I was reading this, but the the idea of an autocracy and the idea that it's one guy who's the decider. Because when it comes down to Nicholas, it's like you could say that Rasputin had all this power, but it was really up to him. And it's really about like the the it, what the the danger of having an autocracy and then a vacuum of power somewhere in between, and somewhere in the decision making process where he became paralyzed. Like Nicholas would talk about how like he wouldn't know what to do, and then a part of it was like trying to get in front of whatever he felt would make the people happy. So he would try because he was he was balancing the Duma with all of his the and and the running the army and the the weird bureaucracy of the Russian government all at once. He's then kind of allowing Rasputin Alexander to give him ideas because he was just fucking panicking because yeah. he's a fucking moron. Well, what he would do is like he didn't even have a secretary because he was paralyzed. Ooh. He was paralyzed with uh, the responsibilities that were put in front of him. Right. Uh, but he, what he would do is instead of actually facing the big decisions before him, he'd concentrate on little tiny minuscule details. Like mm. shit that, in the scheme of things, didn't really matter, but because he didn't want to make the big decisions, he focused on these small things, so and that's was, part of what you know rotted the whole thing from inside. He kind of went with the uh, fainting goat he kind of took that as <laughs> yes. his, like, I'm he just going to go. He was the fainting goat of the yes. czars. <laughs> Good. And really, like, even though Rasputin wasn't, like, wholly responsible for mm-hmm. all of it, I mean, again, the perception was all that mattered. But to the Russian people, like, they'd already thought from the beginning that Rasputin was a low-key pro-German guy because of his anti-war stance. Because mm. that type of shit ain't new. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, you're against the war, then you must be against the sure. people, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then there was the matter of Alexandra actually being of German ancestry. Mm. You know, all this pointed towards the belief that Rasputin was a rot from the inside, a traitor that needed to be removed. And remember, Russia was losing people by the millions in World War One. It's so insane. The war was so brutal, and they're and they're just throwing people at it yeah. for a fucking like this small period of time. Like throw millions of people at it, and they're all sitting back and still living these lives of luxury, while the other half of Russia is. Starving and illiterate, mm. it's, it was a very tough spot. Yeah. I mean, I would make a concrete wall <laughs> instead of just like a human. Sh- not everything can be a human shield. <laughs> yeah. Horrible what they did to them. They're like, they treated them like Legos. Yeah, and this wasn't like it was in World War II America where like everyone pitched in on the war effort with pride. Like It wasn't like it was here where people had to go without rubber for a little while. Like in Russia, they were working in the factories nonstop for very little pay, and they were going without food altogether. Mm. They were having these riots, food riots, and the cops would show up to shut down the riots, and then they just join the riots because <laughs> they realized that they, they, they were doing this shit where they were they were trying to clamp down, but the the it was the, the tide 
was coming for him. Mm-hmm. What can you do? So when the hoi polloi and even the higher ups mm-hmm. looked to the imperial imperial family, they did not see a well-meaning woman trying to do her best alongside her magical peasant pal in charge of the prince's well-being. Mm. All they saw was a German empress and her drunken fuck clown making the decisions that were resulting in the deaths of their friends, family, and country. I prefer clown fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if drunken clown fuck or fuck clown is an official title. But it's not an official title. It's how the people saw him. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I like it. So at the end of 1915, the aristocracy, seeing the writing on the wall, decided it was time for Rasputin to go. Ooh. Oh, now it's time for him Gotta to go. go. Get out. Get out of here. <laughs> Bars closing. Get out. You know what's also true? Part of it is also with the aristocracy, with the autocracy, is that like Nicholas could have made him leave. Mm-hmm. At you any know? time. At any point. At any time, he could have said, for you, you get out of here. Go, <laughs> you get out of here. That's the point. That's supposed to be the ease and the structure of a dictatorship. It's supposed to provide this idea of, that's like the validation, right? Is that it's like, it provides stability and that somebody can come and there's like somebody that will always make some final decision and make sure things are always set and will do it a specific way. Uh, and he didn't. Maybe he got addicted to the, uh, addicted to the bread crust. <laughs> and he was like, oh, only Rasputin can make the good bread crust with his disgusting teeth. Can you imagine? Imagine eating <laughs> leftovers from Rasputin. Oh my it's, goodness. Yeah, it's 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 I'd call them putons. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't just that, you know, Nicholas could have made him go away at any time because he could have, but it was also something that he just didn't want to deal with. But well, his wife his wife wanted well, him that there, was a, right? So, well, that's what you know what some you historians do? say is that like it was a lot of uh Nicholas just wanting to uh make his wife happy. Happy wife, happy life. We've all seen the magnet. <laughs> because it's every- Russia, you're running an entire well, every time that, that Nicholas would like put his foot down and say, like, no, we're not going to do that, Alexander would always go, like, okay, like, great. But it wasn't like she was a tyrant or anything like that or that he was afraid of her mm. or anything. Like, he was just trying to keep her happy. You know, I like, you yeah. know, okay, okay, I know I'm away from home because they were very much in love. He's like, I know I'm away from home, but maybe if your friend Rasputin is around, then that might make things with the kid, with Alexi, a little easier. Now I'm thinking about the scene on Roseanne last night where John <laughs> where D- John said, or Dan Goodman's character, I think it's John. No, it's Dan. Dan. Where Dan told Jeez. Roseanne to be nicer to Becky, their older sister. He was so scared after he told her to be nice. Oh my God. Sounds like my mom when she gives me the weekly rundown of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I love that show. Hey, what did Sheldon get up to this yeah, what week? What did Sheldon get oh, up to? He said he was something about there was a Spider-Man. He said somehow it's Spider-Man. Oh, how does he even get into his outfit if there's no zipper on it? And I was like, oh, that's so true. How does he? How does he? It's funny. I love Sheldon. I, wish, I love him. I wish we were all Sheldon. It's certainly not like if there was a true revolution in this country that he should be the first against the wall. No, <laughs> no. You know, the first plan for Rasputin's assassination was to send Rasputin on a pilgrimage with a friend, a guy named... Another vacation! <laughs> Another pilgrimage. Okay. If we're going to send him away with a guy named Father Martimian. Okay. Now, supposedly, a different minister of the interior who would replace the cokehead paid that priest to throw Rasputin from the train. Oh, Whoa, like the movie, <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train. Which is an incredible movie. <laughs> Owen. Owen loves his mama. Owen loves his mama. But it's possible that Rasputin uh, either heard about the plot or just got a feeling because huh. Rasputin canceled the pilgrimage at the last minute. Okay. 
But Rasputin definitely knew the end was coming. Oh. Because people were being quite clear about their intentions at this point. Right, right. Because Rasputin started getting letters from someone who called themselves the Avenger. Ooh, this story has everything. A <laughs> yeah, newsless woman, awesome. an Avenger, a drunken monk. One of these letters read, in part, Our fatherland is in peril. There is even talk of concluding a dishonorable peace. The very fact that you receive coded telegrams from Stavka proves your great influence. Thus we, the chosen ones, ask that you arrange matters so that the people are granted ministers responsible to them and that the state Duma is reconvened so that our country is saved from ruin. If you do not comply with our order, we shall kill you. No mercy shall be shown to you. Our hands will not shrink as did Guseva's hand. Wherever you go, death will follow you. The mm. die has been cast. Oh my. Okay, I'd like to roll for sneak. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my D20. I roll for sneak. I make it again. Always with the D&D, I make it again. Under the radar, Dungeons and Dragons reference. Very good. Uh, but he, it's true, because they were saying, uh, up until now, I mean, like, there was a point where the final time they all got together, Nicholas, they had a lunch, and Rasputin was not as fun as he had been. Apparently, oh. since basically since he got stabbed, he had lost kind of his magic. Yeah. He lost a he lot lost of his, his smile. a lot of his yeah, he lost his mind. He lost that sparkle that we've come to know and love. <laughs> like, you know, like him dancing around, he's not shuffling as Aww. much. And one time they had lunch. And Rasputin, like, he go oh, would give the blessings to everybody. And then he turned to Nicholas. He's just like, this is not the time for me to bless you. This is the time for you to bless me. And they were like, weird. You always do the blessings. And he hmm. left. And they said that he went, he, he knew something was coming. Mm-hmm. Also because they were literally publishing a thing in the newspaper every week saying someone's going to kill Rasputin. Right. <laughs> and it's kind something of interesting me, that yeah. he also did think you could go against the Russian government. And not get fucking murdered. Hmm. All right. Reminds me of Shawn Michaels when he lost his smile. Very sad. He had to uh, retire does. there for a little while. That was actually a big coup, by the way. Was it after a big injury? Uh, well, he actually faked an injury. Bret Hart, I believe, had to give up the championship. He changed. He totally ruined a WrestleMania. I think it was Undertaker had to go against Sid, and then he set up a better WrestleMania later. It was a lot. Shawn Michaels worked <laughs> behind the scenes a lot to get what he wanted and to push Stone Cold to the top. Mm. There's a lot of stuff there. There's actually a wow. lot of stuff there because he was not I, injured. Is this a nerd alert? <laughs> no, 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 no. Can That's I say that? Because there's so a, many things I don't understand. I think it's a small nerd alert, yeah. It's definitely much more deserving of a nerd alert than my fucking rant about, you know, like the ramifications of Rasputin in the case of world history that I got a couple weeks ago. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm talking about this is, this, this is, a, I'm talking about a squared circle. That, that defies math. No, it's said that the mood around Rasputin's apartment was intense during this period, and that Rasputin roamed his apartment like an exhausted wolf. It's so cool, the exhausted wolf image. And then another thing he said is that he felt that he was uh, adrift in the river of his powers. And that his shit had just like like what we talk about with chaos magic, is that the, he had been on the fucking he had been in the zone so long, like enchanting people and getting making his will come alive, that it just kind of took over everything and, and drag him towards his death. And yeah. you know you're stressed out if you're exhausted solely from pacing your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the Tsar had given Rasputin a security detail after the incident with the no-nosed woman. 
but that wasn't enough for Rasputin. Now, this is from a letter that Rasputin wrote to Nicholas and Alexandra on December 7th, 1916. Zol of the land of Russia, if you hear the sound of the bell, which will tell you that Gregory has been killed, you must know this. If it was your relations who have wrought my death, then no one of your family, that is to say none of your children or relations, will remain alive for more than two years. They will be killed by the Russian people. Now, it doesn't really matter whether Rasputin actually had precognitive powers or if he was just a smart dude that knew which way the tide was turning, but Rasputin's prediction was almost exactly how the saga of the entire Romanov dynasty ended. All right, called it. That's a nice thing on your deathbed. You can be like, called it. <laughs> Told you so. Nailed it. <laughs> now, there's a lot of debate as to who it was that was truly responsible for Rasputin's murder. One story says that one of Nicholas's cousins, nicknamed Bimbo, was the one behind the plot, okay. making the previous statement a complete prophecy. Mm. Yeah, he had great tits. Love that guy. <laughs> Everyone loves him at the parties. Nickname Bimbo? Bimbo. That was the family nickname. It's just nickname. a common name. I guess it's some kind That's of weird a common nickname name? at the time. Huh. Now, this is one of the myths that tends to get perpetuated by the more sensationalist biographies, as it's certainly true that Alexandra blamed Bimbo for Rasputin's death. Mm. But really, the man behind the assassination was only family by marriage. Mm. Rasputin's actual killer was the husband of Nicholas's niece, a flamboyant draft dodger named Prince Felix Yusupov, mm. who was spending his time during the war more on a social calendar than in the field. Yusupov is a character that has got my attention upon reading, getting into it. He is very fascinating. He was openly gay until he got married. Like, he was just straight up just just doing whatever. Slandering bums <laughs> everywhere he could. Very handsome. Beautiful. Beautiful man. Like, piercing eyes. And he got married to his wife, who was like, he steps around sometimes, but he's still fun. And because he, he was, he was like a fun guy, but he got full on into to occultism like he was he was very very obsessed with shit and his big thing was that he came from an aristocratic aristocratic family and he had tiny little hands very soft little hands but he wanted to see some fucking action he reminds me of the pretty dude from funny games are you describing big bang theory again <laughs> no what is happening what did Sheldon do? <laughs> no, that's wild. He killed the he killed Rasputin. <laughs> Imagine that. See, Felix, he wasn't what you would call a cold-blooded killer. He said his motivations were patriotic, that he was killing Rasputin to save Russia. Mm. But in reality, mm. I think Felix had more in common with Rasputin than what he wanted to admit. Really? Like Rasputin, Felix wanted to be a great man. And how great of a man would he be if his actions ended up saving an empire? My feeling is that Felix could justify begging off military service while millions were dying in the fields of Europe and do it in a way that made him a greater hero than any of them he's by like, killing Rasputin. He's sort of like a Russian John Wilkes Booth uh, to some degree. He thought he was going to be a hero, and then everyone's like, you're going to have to die now. <laughs> almost, almost very deep. <laughs> I think that that's very true. I think that's a very gets a good pull. That's very smart. But you know, also about him is he reminds me a lot of Andrew Cunanan. Yeah, like which oh. is also talking about when we were researching we're Ted Bundy. It's kind of the same thing where it comes out where 
the way that they talked about his death and the way they were talking about killing him was so matter of fact and it sounded like such like a oh like oh it's gonna be fun we get to experience something it's like something outside of what we're normally <laughs> right. doing and like they, they thought it was like fun and cool to do yeah and so the weird psychotic edge of he didn't realize what he was doing and he was doing it just for attention Andrew Cunan and we're gonna cover him right because <laughs> yeah. my god I, the, the Versace thing talks about him but I don't think it can't be overstated enough what a mastermind this guy I mean talk about he just killed everyone who was super wealthy and mm-hmm. that was nuts that guy's crazy yeah I'm gonna say he's crazy <laughs> the man who <laughs> Thank you. killed multiple people is nuts and Felix hated Rasputin. Besides just disliking him as a person, Felix had come to believe Rasputin was a German spy. And even more than that, Felix, as Henry said, was a believer in the occult. And he actually believed that Rasputin was some sort of supernatural beast. Mm. He told a friend, quote, I'm involved in the occult, so I know the truth. I assure you that Rasputin (laughs) has a power you find only once in a hundred years. So this was the plan. Felix and three other co-conspirators were to invite Rasputin to Moika Palace, where nice. Felix lived, poison Rasputin with cyanide, mm. and throw his body into the river, uh. where it would hopefully drift off to sea. Okay. But since these guys were rank amateurs when it came to murder, more suited for costume balls and tea than assassination, oh. they massively fucked it up at just about every turn. It sounds like the people from, what was that movie? Macaulay Culkin was the star of it. Uh, uh, Party, the, Monster. Party Monster. Party Monster. Actually, it's very like, similar actually, to Party Monster. Similar. And, Party and Monster. it's also, it's very similar. And it's also a part of the, it's the feeling of the time too, where it's just so, people are openly talking about Rasputin's murder. When they right. were prepping for the murder, Yusupov would just, would went into various government officials' offices and says, uh, hey, I'm going to uh, murder Rasputin. You want to help? And they all were like, don't you dare to come in this room talking about murdering Rasputin. And anyways, we've been planning for a month to kill Rasputin. They're all... They all said the same shit. It was like, yeah, we tried to, but then right. the, he caught the other train, the earlier train, and then we didn't do it. And he's like, it's just something about, it's like the movie Sliding Doors. And it's like, I think I've heard that reference from you before. Yeah, it's like Spy versus Spy, the mad cartoon. So yeah. why, what could Rasputin have done to avoid this? I mean, he would have just had to dip out I completely, mean, he, I guess. He just resigned to yeah. die. He uh, wanted this. Oh, he did. Yeah. He, knew, he knew his own story arc. Yeah. He knew where what he knew... I honestly think that he was supposed to be murdered, mm-hmm. and that's the only way for it to fucking for the for the story to end. Well, it's yeah. a good way for it to end. Yeah, if they didn't get him in Petrograd, they would have got him in uh, Petroskoya, mm. and he wasn't going to be able to like escape to Europe because Europe was on fire. Right, like, the World War One was still raging and would for another couple of years. So they said that he uh, faced life with a, a courageous resignation. Okay. Well, he also. There, his two buddies putting together this fucking murder adventure with Yusupov told everybody because they thought it was fun little gossip to tell everybody that they were going to murder Rasputin. Rasputin heard it several times. They're like, why? Because Yusupov also was like, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go. I'm going to be best friends with Rasputin. <laughs> we are going to be like, uh, like, that's me doing the finger in the fuck motion. We're going to be just as close as you can be and then I'm going to spring the trap on him and he's going to be like, what? And I'm like, got to Rasputin. And Rasputin's like essentially in the other room hearing him say that. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so Yusupov went to go, he went to him to Rasputin. He said, 
Rasputin, I'm so glad you could see me last minute. I know that we had problems before because they had met. They had met once, and Rasputin and him didn't get along. Rasputin was like, "Ooh," and Yusupov was like, "Ooh," <laughs> but when they sat down, he was like. Rasputin, my back hurts. I'm having like a back thing. I'm having like a uh, like a sh- uh, like. Can you fix it? And Rasputin laid him down, started touching all over his body. He started doing that thing where which where you start realizing that it's a revealed a part of his process. Like in office space when the when the therapist goes like deeper and deeper and deeper. He was like he would touch all over Yusupov's bodies with his fingertips and like and then close his eyes and dip into a meditation for like an hour, like swaying back and forth over Yusupov to the point where Yusupov was like, "This guy's the real deal." Like he started yeah. getting freaked out because it, because as, as it's been proved time time again, if you get within a foot mm. of Rasputin, he's got you. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you really researched that scene pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, did a lot of reading. Not maybe re- reread the page a couple of times. And, and then I had I had yeah. uh, Natalie come in the room. I dressed in a dark robe, uh-huh. and I'd be like, pretend you to be Yusuf. I actually and she don't want to think in. about this. I don't want to think about anything. My hands. I got my fingernails real dirty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> so when the prince looked at his social calendar. He found that his next free night was on December 16th. Oh, tell me that he wrote in the calendar, Kill Rasputin. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So the night was set. On that night, Rasputin was invited to hang out with the prince at Moika Palace. In preparation for the night, Felix and his conspirators, he had about like four other guys that were working with him on this. They crushed cyanide capsules and baked them into rose-flavored sweet cakes, Rasputin's favorite. That's good, yeah. And they laced Rasputin's wine with the same. Mm. What now follows is the historically accepted version of the assassination of Rasputin. With the instruments of murder set in the dining room in the basement, the conspirators went upstairs to the study to wait out the murder plot. But to remove any suspicion that anything might be amiss, the prince had music playing upstairs when Rasputin arrived, telling him that his wife was having a get-together up there, and they'd join him later. And this was the song that was playing as one of the most pivotal men of the 20th century entered the palace where he would meet his doom. Just picture the, the the singer draped in the "Don't Tread on Me" flag when he sings. That. Oh boy, I love it. that song. Is very intense, by the way. The lyrics are like brutal, and it's like, hey, everything's just fine. And that's true. Yankee Doodle Dandy was playing as Rasputin walked in because Yankee Doody, Doodle Dandy was a big hit in yeah. 1950. Why that was, wouldn't it be? Yeah. That was the 1904. It was version. their thriller. That, that's when cartoon frogs could still get work in Hollywood. <laughs> So Prince Felix took Rasputin to the dining room in the basement where the poisoned rose cakes and the wine were waiting. At first, Rasputin refused the cakes. Stop it. I don't want this fucking shit. I'm eating a bouquet of flowers. Every single time someone comes and puts rose in something, they think they're being clever. But as a matter of fact, am I eating potpourri? I think you're channeling your own thoughts on that one. No, never in a thousand years. 
Rasputin said the cakes were too sweet for his taste. Okay. But eventually, he got drunk hungry enough mm-hmm. and stuffed yeah. a few down. Okay. But wasn't That's the, how you do the, it. The wine was also poison, though, too. So we yes, were slamming Everything. multiple poisons. Everything's full of cyanide. Wow. Everything. Everything. Meanwhile, Yusupov's just staring at him. Just going, am I a cute little dandy? You got enough? You got enough cake? Enough wine? You sure? Oh, me? No, I'm good. I'm watching myself. I have to fit into a corset for my renewing of my vows to my wife. (laughs) To my wife. (laughs) Now, Felix thought that this would be the end of it. Soon, the poison would take effect and Rasputin would collapse to the ground and Felix would strike a decisive blow for Russia without even leaving the confines of his palace. Oh. But Rasputin just got drunk. Yeah, his favorite. I love it. I love Rasputin in this one at this point. The amount of poison in both the cakes and the wine should have been enough to kill five men. But it had very little effect on Rasputin. A couple of times Rasputin said that he had a hard time swallowing, but that was it. I'm having a hard time swallowing. I'm having It's just a full strawberry. That's the problem if I was not chewing it. I'm feeling fine. You got more of these cakes and wine? Because he's sitting there, he's drinking and slamming all this stuff while Yusupov's staring at him. He's got boys upstairs, like, looking down the stairs. Like, you're all like, is he dead yet? Is he dead yet? Meanwhile, Rasputin's just having a great time. The only one partying in an empty room. Oh, yeah. And Felix sat there with Rasputin for an hour. And then Rasputin looks over into the corner of the room and sees a fucking guitar and is like, play me some songs. Hey, all right. And so and so, as Felix was playing the guitar and singing Rasputin songs, Rasputin kept nodding off, which made Felix think, like, okay, the poison's finally going to work now. But just when Felix, like, stopped playing for a second, Rasputin would jerk his head up and say, keep playing, keep playing, play me another song. <laughs> yes, I it's fucking it. awesome. It's not, it should not be that easy to kill someone. No, no, well, no. Yeah, no, no you got to work just for trying it. to come up with deep cuts, just being like, he's on the B-side of rumors. Uh, just like, be like, I hope hope you're dead soon, man. Yeah, I haven't been fucking noodling for an hour. All right, uh, Rasputin, this is a song. It's about to smoke on the water. Uh, here we go. Hey, wait a second. Wait a second. So is it like physically smoke? No. Is it's on the water? Or is there a song behind that? No, this man just... <laughs> you got more of these cakes? <laughs> So Felix eventually damn near on the verge of a nervous breakdown because he's just thinking, why won't you die? Just die. Just die. Felix excused himself to go talk to his conspirators, ask him, like, what should we do? Hmm. And they they were just as baffled as Felix was, so they said to hell with it, just fucking shoot him. There you go. <laughs> Gee, you it's always an elaborate plan. Every elaborate plan ends with, just shoot him. Just, just shoot him in the fucking head. This. Because he's sitting there going, it's like, so you're going to go upstairs and get your gun now? Because that actually be pretty sweet if you did, because it's starting to get really, I'm so full. You might as well just blow my brains up. Good Lord. So Felix took a small revolver, went back down to the basement, made a bit more small talk, and pulled the revolver out as Rasputin was drunkenly admiring a crystal crucifix. Oh. Felix then pulled the trigger and shot Rasputin. Rasputin fell with what Felix called a wild scream and collapsed on the bearskin rug, quote, like a broken doll. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 so loud. You're dying so loud, Rasputin. <laughs> Keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> yeah, trying to cover it. Because that's what they thought, too. So they thought if they played music and they had a fake party going on upstairs, it would cover up the sounds of murdering Rasputin. Right. But people were like, somebody's screaming next door, and I think it's Rasputin. Definitely dying. Yeah, people with, like, fake fake uh, feet on their hands that are, like, stomping around to make it seem like they're dancing with somebody else. Well, after hearing the screams, the conspirators came down to the basement and watched Rasputin twitch and convulse mm. until finally he stopped moving. Then began phase two. Uh-oh. The conspirators dressed a guy named Sergey up to look like Rasputin and drove him back to Rasputin's house, hoping that no one would connect Rasputin's disappearance to them. Because if they dropped off Rasputin, or a guy that looked like sure. Rasputin, and Rasputin walked up to his door, they're like, oh, no, it definitely wasn't Felix who made dis- Rasputin disappear last night. Sergey, if you're going to be Rasputin, I'm going to need you to play the part, okay? <laughs> start slapping yourself. I need you to start spinning. Like, like this? You want me to spin like this? No! I need you to sell it, okay? This is a make-it-work moment. We need to do this right, all right? And we're all going to jail, and I am not ready for the yard. (laughs) Unbeknownst to them, there was a new detective on the force, Detective Columbo. (laughs) And I think he'll be able to solve this caper. This is straight, this is like such uh, an ABC crime comedy slash drama. Dude, and the fuck-ups just keep coming. So the guys, they go back to the palace to relax until their next move, but Ooh. Felix couldn't help but go see the body again. I just want to see it one more time. It's kind of fun for me. It's a first for me. Well, he was, he was losing it. Felix actually was. He was just consumed with rage because he felt that Rasputin had made him kill him. Mm. You made me do that! That's yeah. really scary. Because honestly, yeah. that's very scary. The guy that's in charge, because that's also, it's funny on one side, and then on the other side, this is like a really, it's kind of, it reminds me of like when the little girls, they stabbed the, the other girl to death in the name of Slender Man. No, mm-hmm. she's, are a bunch she of people. She did live. Yeah, she yes. did. Thankfully. A part of it is just the, the amateurish, the amateurish nature of the murder is kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. Because they didn't really know what they were doing. And it was a bunch of people all just kind of confusedly, higgledly, piggledly murdering somebody and his rage became very scary Mm -hmm. yeah and i have to ask you henry when your father came back after being a really overweight police officer did he describe a murder as higgly piggly done (laughs) or is that more of just your kind of take on it no 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 my father always would just chuckle and just be like sometimes your coin comes up heads sometimes it comes up tails Anyways, I'm going to go disappear for the rest of your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daddy, was it higgly-piggly done, Daddy? Hey, it was real higgly-piggly how a fucking guts were hanging out of the sack that was a gut. Okay? So, uh, why don't you go be a Ghostbuster or something? I don't know what you do. <laughs> go dance. Go dance in your theater games with you and the other gay kids. All right? I'll see you when you're 15. Bye, dude. Bye, So, Felix, you know, consumed with this rage, he went back to Rasputin's body that was still laying in the basement, mm. and he started shaking him. But as Felix stared into Rasputin's face, one of Rasputin's eyes opened. <gasps> And then the other. Oh, Felix said the eyes were, quote, greenish and snake-like. Cool. They fixed me with an expression of satanic hatred. Ooh. And this is what Fuhrman wrote happened next. Rasputin stumbled to his feet, foaming at the mouth, roaring in anger, and wildly clawing at the air as he rushed towards Yusupov. 
blood dripping from his mouth as he grabbed the prince by the shoulder, ripping an epaulet from his uniform. Rasputin was repeatedly growling his tormentor's name in a low, guttural voice. Why won't you just die? Die, Rasputin! So Felix responded to that with a series of terrified, high-pitched screams. Oh, no! (laughs) Gotta get out of here! Oh, no! This has gone south! This is an upside-down cake of a scenario. Oh, my goodness. And he ran upstairs to his buddies. Rasputin went into the other direction and walked across the courtyard through the snow, bleeding and screaming that he was going to tell Alexandra everything. He's like Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein. What is going on? You can't kill me! You're trying to kill me on people's! So, okay, so at this point, his guts have been stabbed out of his body. Mm-hmm. He's been shot in the head. He's been poisoned. Not shot no. in the head. No, he no been where shot was he shot? Shot in the side. Shot in the side. Been poisoned. What else? I mean, everything. Rasputin is a tough SOB. That's for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. So, Rasputin, he's walking across the courtyard. He's got his hand on one of his wounds. He's screaming that he's going to tell Alexandra. But before he could reach the gates, one of the other conspirators grabbed the gun from Felix and started shooting at Rasputin. The first shot missed, but the second hit Rasputin in the back, sending him to the ground. Then the assassin walked up and fired the last bullet straight into Rasputin's forehead, finally putting an end to the legend. Because you know you shoot him once in the head and be like, are you going to come back, Rasputin? Are you going to fucking come back? Like that's going to be such a cool moment for a second you're in a Friday the 13th movie. Well, they then took the body back inside, but when Felix saw Rasputin's corpse, the rage took over again. Oh my goodness, he's dead. Felix took a two-pound dumbbell and bashed Rasputin's face again and again until his conspirators dragged him away. Felix then fainted and was carried to his bedroom, leaving the rest of them to clean up the mess. I love that he had a two-pound dumbbell because that is like not what that is not workout equipment. But, you know, he's like, I'm in here lifting weights. Can you please just leave me alone for five minutes? Thank you so much for putting me to bed. But before you go, can you please put on an episode of Dave's World? It's the only thing that relaxes me. Oh. Harry Anderson. Harry and R.I.P. America's judge. <laughs> so the other guys that were left rolled Rasputin's body in a curtain, bundled him into a car, and drove him out to a bridge. There, I took Rasputin's mm. body and threw him over the side. Okay. But their plan was that Rasputin was going to sink right. and then get, eventually get washed out to sea. Yeah. But they forgot to wrap the body in the chains. What, what about the two-pound weight? Just throw the two-pound weight in there. Very, they, very stupid. And they forgot to like attach the weights. Do we know if they're cartoon dogs? <laughs> this seems extremely stupid. And when they threw one of Rasputin's galoshes over the bridge behind him, the galosh just landed on the ice on the river below. <laughs> so their whole, because their whole thing was that like Rasputin would be thrown to the river, he'd be washed out to sea, right. and as far as anyone else knew, like Rasputin just disappeared. Where's Rasputin? I don't know. Sure, yeah. Maybe he'll come back one day. But then hmm. when they found where Rasputin's galoshes, is, they're like, oh, someone killed Rasputin. Yeah, I guess the river didn't read the script <laughs> the way that they wrote it. And 
You're supposed to be a part of this, River. <laughs> I saw Pocahontas, and Pocahontas said that the river is everybody's in a relationship with that. Okay? <laughs> These guys are so dumb. It's so stupid. Got you, bro. <laughs> Rasputin. <laughs> and then a few days later, the suspicions were confirmed when Rasputin's frozen body surfaced and was dragged from the river with a hook. Important thing to also remember, though, is that when it comes to the, the story of Rasputin's murder, this all came from the, a novel that Yusupov put out later on that would get turned into a movie. Yusupov did technically, is technically the only source of this story. And so there is obviously much contention as there is with every single inch of Rasputin mm -hmm. of what was real and what is legend. And there's a part of it because his daughter, Maria, was like, uh, this would never happen because Rasputin would never eat cake. And it's like, well, <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's like, I mean, if you're drunk enough, you're going to eat. And you eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever there is there. I mean, some of the details are, are corroborated. It? Like, not the the entire story is not corroborated. There are some details that only Yusupov put in there. But enough of it is corroborated for us to know that, like, this is roughly what happened. Right. Yes. So, I yeah. believe it because it's so dumb. And that's usually <laughs> how all of this stuff happens. That's yeah. true. It is enough Cohen brother idiocy in it right, yeah, right. for That's it to be good. real. Now, Rasputin's death is probably the biggest source of myth when it comes to his supernatural powers. Some say Rasputin even survived the gunshots and managed to free himself from the ropes that held him and succumbed only to the freezing cold of the river. Mm. Essentially saying, only Russia itself can kill Rasputin. Okay. But the autopsy told a different story. First of all, there was no poison found in his stomach. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that mm. part of the story isn't true. It's possible that because of Rasputin's intestinal surgery, that he couldn't actually produce large amounts of stomach acid anymore. And that's how cyanide works. Cyanide oh. reacts with the stomach oh. acid. Uh, and that's what actually kills you. So if so you don't have a lot of stomach acid, then cyanide's not really going to hurt you. So the irony oh. is that the, the woman with no nose... Maybe saved his life for a little bit longer. For anyway. at least a little bit. And that explains why Rasputin complained of light symptoms of cyanide poisoning, but didn't succumb altogether. Like when he said he couldn't swallow and he was feeling a little lightheaded. Mm. Uh, but others say the sweetness of the cakes lessened the power of the poison. But as research assistant Rachel pointed out to me, Flavor 8 is full of sugar. And that did not stop cyanide from working in Jonestown. Okay. Mm. And we also know he was definitely dead by the time he hit the water. Mostly because Rasputin had a big fucking bullet hole in his forehead. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, the thing. Mm. Even I could be a detective. Yeah. And no. <laughs> you got shot in the head. Died of a broken heart. <laughs> but also, Rasputin had no water in his lungs. Oh. So we definitely know he was dead. Nice. So in the end, it's possible that Rasputin was just unceremoniously shot by a Russian dandy hopped up on delusions of grandeur who thought his act would save the Romanovs and, by extension, the whole Russian Empire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wrong. You're giving a no Didn't whammy? Whammy. You're giving a no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. No, ah. he got a whammy. That was a whammy. Yeah, unfortunately, the damage had already been done. Okay. Surprisingly, after Rasputin was killed, some of the peasants resented the government for allowing him to die, saying that's what happens when one of ours gets too much power. He was their representative. Think about this, because the whole time, they could have just kicked him out. Yeah. They were like, we were asking for you to just put him on a train and send him out there. It's like, we didn't want him dead because we wanted him to have a TV show. Oh, he <laughs> would have, have such a funny TV show. Why, why would you kill him? Because they were really like, oh, so you're just going to kill him. 
Yeah. They're like, well, we thought you asked us to kill him. They're like, no, we asked you to fire him. <laughs> Different. Different. Yeah, and this, yeah, they kind of have a point. Because, like, like, just for example, like, here in America, like, bootstrapping yourself into a position of power, like, that was expected. It's the whole point of America, that someone like Abraham Lincoln can go from a log cabin to president. Mm. But in Europe... This was among the first times in modern history that a poor person had actually made a difference. Up until this point, the whole of European history was dependent on the aristocracy. It was dependent sure. on people that were born into this. But now, you've got poor people up there. You've got peasants up there actually affecting change. Cool. But while some of these people were sad and angry, others were ecstatic. It sounds like the mood around Petrograd was kind of similar to what Ground Zero was like after bin Laden was killed. Mm. Like, people were crying, they were hugging, they were singing the Russian national anthem as loud as they could. They thought this was the turning point. I don't think we they were singing him. the Russian national anthem at Ground Zero. I'm just joking. Yeah, so, they were, so some were thrilled. Some were thrilled. Some absolutely loved it. It actually kind of looked like bin Laden in a weird way. In well, weird, just the, just the just beard. Just a guy with a big just beard. A thin guy with a beard. beard. Yeah. smart. That's, and that's that's the same thing with the yeah. Bogwan and Wild Wild. Country is the reason why I want to get a big long beard because people trust you more. Oh, I don't do more stuff. No, I don't think that that's true. No, when you get close and they smell the oils in your beard (laughs) and they're like, ooh, wise man. Well, for Nicholas's part, it was reported that when Tsar Nicholas got the news that Rasputin was dead, a look of serenity and happiness washed over his face. Wow. So like Charles Grodin from Beethoven or Richard <laughs> Dreyfus from What About Bob, the oh. same look of relief. <laughs> oh, it's over. It's over now. Yeah. Uh, Alexandra, though... She surprised everyone by facing it with strength because everyone thought like Alexander was just going to fall apart. Like, you know, sure. she would never be the same. But she just called the whole thing, quote, a sad fact, but nothing more. Huh. And yeah. that's what they have there in uh, in Russia. When you eat a popsicle on the popsicle stick, they don't have fun facts. They have sad facts. <laughs> and nothing more. And nothing more. <laughs> and nothing more. <laughs> but it's a, uh, it kind of feels like. A breakup almost. Yeah. Where they like, it's this whole thing. They thought, well, we could never get rid of Rasputin. And then the moment is dead. They're like, oh, wow. I guess we could. Oh, he's gone. Look at and that. It's been like, you could have gotten rid of him fucking three years ago. <laughs> and we wouldn't be dealing with this horse shit. Yeah. Well, she must have been sad. But now what happens to this kid? Yeah. Well, things. And they didn't have time to think about that. Uh, Do you think that maybe if I make a little nest, daddy? I could be a bird instead of walking. I can fly. Oh, You're really fucking bumming me out. Bummer <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, things fell apart very quickly for the Romanovs oh. after that. I mean, World War One had only gotten worse. Three out of four soldiers were casualties. And farmers were being taken off their land by force to fight, making yeah. the food shortages even worse. I do don't want me to fight. I'm scared of corn. I'm having a hard time doing this job, man, because it freaks me out. Gee, just horrible odds here. Yeah. Three out of four. Three out and of I'm four. I'm sure the fourth one was like injured horrendously as well. Yeah. So on International Women's Day, thousands of women joined striking factory workers in a march against the war and against the autocracy. That day, soldiers obeyed the orders of the imperialists and opened fire on their own people. Not good. But the next morning, after a night of thinking about how horrible it was that they had just fired on people who only wanted bread, the soldiers switched sides and the February Revolution began. Woohoo! No. No. Not good. <laughs> I don't like the no, Romanovs. No, it wasn't good. It's the not bad either. It's, 
It's just what, what happened afterwards. Oh, you're for the Romanov family? <laughs> you don't know. You don't know how this story ends. They get bread. <laughs> Give them the bread. They don't get bread. Who do they he get? They didn't get the bread. They get, they get Lenin? They get Stalin. They get Stalin. They got Stalin. <laughs> he's, he's, they got Lenin. You know they is he a Lenin. Russian or is he Stalin? <laughs> Talk about No, I will say. Uh, do that. Uh, like, thank you. Uh, but they did get some bread. They got Lenin first. Uh, they got a little bit of yeah, bread. They got Lenin, then they got Stalin. Yeah, but do you know what happened to the Romanovs? Well, I hope they all died. They were horrible. No, they're not. They they starved their people. No, they, they were, were just they bad. were they, they were, were not good. They were not they just great. Were, the people were starving. Evil. They were dying. They did not deserve the death that they well, got. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make well, my just, final decision. Yeah, after uh, after yeah, you might want to re uh, re rethink that I opinion know, after we tell you how the Romanovs died, including their five all right. children. Well, I, I did. Re- I'm going to put it this okay. way: if you want to fight. Give your people, for your right yeah. to be a dictator, which is a, a whole sadder version of that song. <laughs> but if you want to say, I'm a dictator, I deserve this, it was given to me be, given to me by God, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, this is how dictators this go. This is how it So happens. this is what you anyway, wanted. But let's right? get into this. This is what you wanted. You wanted to be the guy that the fate of Russia would fall upon at the very end. The final equal sign would be put on you, and it'd be if you and you knew if you didn't win this war, they were gonna fucking kill you. And what'd you do? You fucked it up. You messed mm-hmm. it up. They're gonna fucking kill you. You're killing you. your this- farmers. You're killing your people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's get into it. So with the people in revolt, mm-hmm. the generals finally abandoned Nicholas after letting him bumble his way through two years of commanding. So in order to avoid a full-on civil war in the middle of World War One, damn, Nicholas <laughs> Lots of wars. abdicated the throne. So after the abdication, the provisional government ordered Nicholas's arrest, and the entire Romanov family was imprisoned in Alexandra Palace, where people would come to gawk at them. People hmm. Nicholas called gapers. Well, we're not going to get into that. We're going to move on. Well, now there are some very, very talented women in the San Fernando Valley that are now called the Gapers. That's fine. Then the October Revolution came. The Bolshevik Red Army overthrew the provisional government, and civil war broke out between the Reds and the White Army. Hmm. The Romanovs, meanwhile, had been moved to a house in the mountains. Now, we'll likely never know who gave the order for what happened next, but we do know the rationale. The White Army was approaching the location where the Romanovs were being held, and the Red Army was worried the Romanovs could be used as some sort of rallying point. Plus, Vladimir Lenin, leader of the Bolsheviks, had always held a grudge against Nicholas ever since the Tsar had ordered soldiers to open fire on peaceful protesters Mm -hmm. back in the First Revolution in 1905, killing hundreds. The White Army moving in was likely just the excuse Lenin had been looking for ever since the Romanovs had been captured. And so, the whole family, Nicholas, Alexandra, and their five children, Olga, Alexei, Maria, Tatiana, and Anastasia, were taken down to the basement of the house where they were being held, having been told they were being moved to a different location. There, in the basement, the commander in charge told Nicholas that the decision had been made to execute him. The last words spoke by the last czar of Russia before Bolsheviks ended their reign forever was nothing more special than, what? What? Okay! (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, there it is. Nope, not done. No. Nicholas and Alexandra were killed almost instantly as the Bolsheviks opened fire, but the children weren't so lucky. 
The jewels and diamonds that had been sewn into their clothing by their parents for transport had worked as crude bulletproof vests, and the children survived the first onslaught relatively unharmed. And so, the soldiers finished the job up close and personal. Tatiana, Maria, and Anastasia were stabbed to death with bayonets. Olga, the oldest, was shot in the head. And poor little Alexei, whose hemophilia had been the door that let Rasputin into their lives, was killed by a gunshot to the head as well. All right. That's all you got is all right? Yeah. This family <laughs> murdered their own people. Everyone is horrible in this story. The and ch- I do feel bad for the children, obviously. Yes, the children. I do feel bad for the children. <laughs> the children, the children. But I'm telling you, you can't starve your own people and expect not to have uh, ramifications for your actions. They were horrible leaders. They let Rasputin in through the door. Uh, you know, I, my sympathy is... is, is I, it's obviously a tragic the kids, I love story. The kids. Please, I love the children. Obviously, I love the children. I love the children. I love. I love I'm certainly something better than I love the children. children. That's absolutely <laughs> wonderful the what children. they did with the children. But the people were struggling. The people were were absolutely yeah. struggling. So. But I see. And but that's the thing. It's like I I think Nicholas and Alexandra are tragic figures of history. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think so. They, I think they're tragic figures because uh, this job was thrust upon them. And it, at the end of the day, it's a job. You know, this job was thrust upon them. They didn't really want it. Uh, uh, and they were bad at it. They, they didn't have the goods. Fucking awful at it. And because they were so bad at it, um, people died. You know, you know who else was? I just want to, it's too current to venti. What? Assad. Assad's older brother was supposed to be in charge in Syria, but he died, and then Assad was just an optometrist, and he's like, now I have to lead. It doesn't make him good. No, it absolutely. He's still killing his own people. It absolutely. Ignorance turns. At some point, at some point, just being like, I'm bad at your job. Like when, it, when it's that level of stakes, you, the, the punishments are also high stakes. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can't figure out how to run your shit, this is supposed to be some, this was a, you have to be very capable to run something complex. Like it's an autocracy that's matched with a yeah. citizen government that also has a whole branch of the, the church that's also involved. And you're fighting a, a revolution within your own country and w- wars against multiple people that are outgunning you. Like, that would take a genius, and to you know, be a, and, uh, just just to keep it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to be emotionally sympathetic. I have stress dreams, and we run a podcast now, so <laughs> yes. I can't. Like, yes, yes. So I yes, to go they, to it was difficult. Yes. You're on Wellbutrin just yes. for this show. Literally <laughs> had to get on medication so I could handle it. So I, yes, I, I understand. Very difficult positions that they were in. Yeah, very, very difficult. I, I think it's a, it's a lot more complicated than just they deserved it. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and of course, the people who did it were horrible. Lenin and Stalin. I mean, they yeah. were also just. The, and then you get into the whole line of they're just following orders. They don't know what to do. There's a whole level of blame is very difficult in the context of international and history, you know what? I guess. You talk <laughs> about my family bullshit. history, but I know for a fact I would not follow orders because when I worked at Taco Bell, I doubled the sour cream, doubled the cheese, doubled the this beef. This is why you're Everyone not a soldier. me, and I was fired for not following <laughs> orders because I wanted to feed the people of Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And you're just sitting there like, I just got to say there's a difference between legal and right, and the people <laughs> of Taco Bell will follow me. <laughs> so after this whole family was killed, they were tra- their bodies were transported to an abandoned mine, sprinkled with sulfuric acid, and dumped inside as the soldiers sat around eating boiled eggs. So Russian. 
Wow. Yeah, but, I don't know why the boiled egg thing is. Doesn't that stick with you? Stick. Yeah, because you know the whole dirt one. get on it. It's a, a it's a food there. that collects particles, and so like all the flecks <laughs> yeah. of all the dirt and everything gets on him, and he's like, oh, I did not recall bringing pepper, but well, it's spicy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. But when soldiers realized that someone might find the bodies, they brought them back out and took them to a second, deeper mine. I'm actually surprised how bad they are at getting rid of bodies in Russia Dude, during this everything. time. Man, I I'm, thought this was something they could really handle. I'm skipping over so much here as far as them uh, transporting botching this. Botching this. Uh, oh, it oh my is gosh. A, what actually happens, the full story of what happens just to the bodies of the Romanovs is horrifying. Okay. Like, it is... Uh, it's more than what I want to go into. Did they cover it in Anastasia? <laughs> or did they, did they also glaze <laughs> over this awesome. They glazed over that as well. Okay. So they're taking the bodies over to a second mine, but the truck carrying the bodies got stuck in the mud. So the men decided it didn't really matter where the fuck the Romanovs were buried, and they were all drunk and tired because they'd been up all night. So the last czars of Russia were buried in the middle of the road in a place called Pig's Meadow. So they literally were just, this'll do. This'll do. Everyone this'll is do. drunk. This whole story <laughs> is just about a drunks about about drunks with power. Yeah. Yes. So despite what the legends say, it was conclusively proved in two thousand seven that all of the Romanovs, including Anastasia, died horrible, cruel deaths in a basement in Russia one hundred years ago this summer. Wow. On oh. the night of July sixteenth. 1918. July 16th. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as far as what happened to others in the story, Rasputin's daughter Maria fled Russia and died in Los Angeles in 1977. Dude, she lived in L.A. during the 60s and 70s. <laughs> yeah. She, wow. She was a crazy figure in history. Yeah. She was like, didn't she like did horse training? She did a bunch of like, she did a lot of circus performance and like, and she was on the scene for a while. Uh, as far as what happened to Iliador goes, Uh-oh. remember Iliador, Rasputin's greatest spiritual nemesis? He ended up as a janitor in the Met Life building here in New York City. Talk to every janitor you see. You <laughs> yes. never know if they're a secret wizard. <laughs> yeah, he really he t- ended yep. up janitor here in the city. He uh, spent his weekends preaching at a Russian Baptist church, uh, and then he uh, died in Bellevue in 1952. History's awesome. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. Parts of history, it's so okay. much fun. Hey. He was you just imagine like what what is that janitor muttering about in front of Rasputin? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine like the old guy at work, like on during break time, bitching about Rasputin? That's- I had a personal beef with Rasputin. <laughs> that is nuts. And Rasputin won. Yeah, and then meanwhile, some kid just peed himself in the hallway. He's like, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go again. Gotta go wipe it up. Rasputin! <laughs> and then there's the matter of Rasputin's cock. Oh, yeah! Isn't isn't there a matter about that? That's, okay, and that's how we're gonna end this whole okay. thing. Some say that after Rasputin's death, his genitals were sawed off and spirited <laughs> away by his followers and worshipped as a relic for decades after. Okay, eventually, the cock mysteriously ended up in a sex museum in St. Petersburg, where it is still to this day on display in a big, big jar of formaldehyde. It's a big one. Yeah, It's a real bell top, too. It's got a real thick bottom and a real thin top. Yeah, it's interesting looking. Unfortunately, we've got one last myth to dispel. Uh, Yeah. 
Well, Rasputin certainly had a pretty big hog. Uh Can't take that away from him. Can't take that away. Yeah. The member on display in Russia is in all likelihood a well-disguised horse cock. I just wish I could meet that artist and lop the cock off that horse just to turn it into a fake human dick and call it Rasputin's cock. I'm sure that he was a good man, a good father. Oh, my. Somewhere there's a horse missing a cock, and that's sad. Most likely, Rasputin's cock was unceremoniously cremated along with the rest of him on the side of the road leading out of St. Petersburg, and his bones were thrown in the river to wash downstream into legend. Bye, All Rasputin. Right. I'll miss you. I will miss Rasputin in my life because <laughs> I, I like bopping around with him. You know, it comes down to it's like, yeah, he did a lot of terrible things. He's a bad person. But he just shows that if you work hard enough and if you just believe in your own horseshit just enough, you could be president of the United States. <laughs> be, um, all right. Well, there it is. Four parts Rasputin. Yeah. A full and- month. Huge oh, thanks Putin. to Rachel, yes. uh, as always, on this one, who really helped out uh, a ton with uh, with research. Thank you, Rachel, as always. Thank you, Rachel. So I have a couple of thank yous I just want to say right up top. Uh, first of all, I have received some very lovely gifts in the mail that have been really very nice, uh, that have almost made me emotional, if I could. If I could. Your entire Twitter feed is about your dog. <laughs> I think you can. I love my dog. I know. Don't even bring her up. I want to f- thank the people over at Mystic Timber for sending me a new fucking dab rig. Ooh. It's fucking awesome, oh, dude. What? And it's fucking full twenty. We're going to announce our sales of our new oh, official last podcast on the left, Nug Incinerators, that you can buy on our website, and also fucking herb grinders. They are for herbs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Remember, <laughs> they are for herbs. For rosemary. And I also want to thank the people, the Whiskered Gentlemen sent me some very good beard lube that I've been using, some oils to keep your beard soft. Is it called beard lube? No, it's beard oil, but it's essentially beard lube. It makes your beard all soft. And t- I'll send you, you should have some, Kissel. It works. Yeah, I'm, ge- I'm going to grow this beard out for a little while longer until, honestly, what's going to happen, I'm going to be drunk at 2 o'clock in the morning and shave it. All right. I don't know when that's going to happen, <laughs> but that's one of my fun little life Easter eggs. Jen and Ben W. sent me weed. They hey, sent right. me just straight up a bunch of nugs that they grew themselves. Can you... And- can you they were beautiful. S- if you're in Colorado, can you Colorado? Colorado. Can you send weed to states that weed is legal in? No. That's my question. You cannot. Oh, to states Te- where weed is legal? Can Colorado send weed to California vice versa? I don't think so. You can or you cannot. It doesn't really it just whether or not they find it or not. But I'm asking, <laughs> is it legal? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so, but it doesn't matter because they sent it to me and I got it and it's great. You can taste their love in it. And also, Paul Schwedler and Eli Smith are getting married and they cordially invited Jackie and I. And I wanted yes. to say, unfortunately, we cannot attend, but I hope I give you Satan's most dearest blessings. I hope that your son comes out the longest dick a son ever had. And I hope that if you, if your daughter comes out, oh, she's so smart and capable. Well, God it might bless. be difficult for childbirth there. But uh, I'm not if sure you if try you really hard understand. Enough, I think maybe yeah. you can make it happen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we have to kind of change, <laughs> change of, nature there. But things need yes. to be kind of rearranged. Yeah, we got that as well. And yes, hail yourselves. Yes. Hail love. We're so proud of you guys. And uh, get out there and have a wonderful relationship and be together forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And I would also like to thank a few people who sent us some awesome stuff. 
I'd like to thank Mr. Antihero, a.k.a. Kevin Stencils, at Mr. Antihero on Instagram. He sent us that amazing serial killer pop art painting. Ooh, that is awesome. Yeah, yes. which is really cool. And I also want to thank a guy named Tom who sent us this really cool crucifix that has a Jesus Christ but with the head of a goat. Is that pig. the head of a goat and a snake? I is think it's the- a goat pig and a snake is behind him. And it is a really well done crucifix. It's extremely well done. I don't know if he did this himself or if he. Uh, and honestly, it's no less sacrilegious than a crystal crucifix. Yes, like it's. I hate gold crosses. Yeah. I, not the point. I hate it. I hate it. I hate. It. And All we've right. got a whole bunch of other mail that I haven't even been able to go through yet. But you know, yes. we'll be sure to thank people when they uh, when we get through. Yes, thank you all so much for everything, and thanks for giving to our Patreon. Henry and I got another interview coming up uh, for you next week, um, and that's been a very fun series. Henry and I are also going to be working on a little thing. We're just going to like. 20 to 30 minute episodes every week. Just little bonus episodes. Not nearly as well researched, but we just want to, you know, just uh, pop in and, and say I'm hello I'm hoping we can get more. Marcus on there every once in a while. Whenever we can. Well, when I got time, I was just, you know, I'm I'm very, uh, very busy with, you know, putting get the episodes to together. With all of your work. Get back and to work. Yes. Yes. Book and the work. Uh, and yeah, yes. and that, that, little thing is, that little thing is going to be called Side Stories, is called Side Stories, and uh, we just did a nice uh, in memoriam uh, for Art Bell, and so, yeah. Those will be Only smaller up- stories, funner stories, Stories and lighter stories, or whatever the heck it is for the week. I'll uh, never we'll ma- be, let it uh, be we'll light. Be it's never going to be light. It's always going to be evil for the rest of our lives. Again, your Twitter feed is only about a dog. <laughs> no, I <laughs> made a couple me. of good jokes. You become me. Um, follow us on social media at Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on uh, Instagram at Dr. Fantasy at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel, the number one. Yep. And, and follow Last Podcast on the Left, old bullshits at LP. On the left. That's right. And support all the shows here on LPN. Uh, movie Signs with the Mads, Labeling Against Top Hat, page seven. Just go poke around and you'll discover something you love. I absolutely promise that. Um, okay. <laughs> That's it, right? Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Again. Hail me. And here we go. Let's let's take it out on, on a fun banger that has been brought up more than once. Magoostalations. Magoostalations. <laughs>